and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful planning the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have a real bride, Nicole Phil. Nicole has been married to her husband, Doug, for 13 years and has three beautiful children. Today, she'll share with us her experience planning her wedding, including how she handled unexpected drama, as well as her various roles in 10 weddings. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So before we get into your wedding planning, I'm a romantic at heart, as I know all of our listeners probably are as well. Tell us how Doug proposed to you. Sure. So we had been dating for about seven years. In the spring, we went to, I believe the restaurant is Luca now. It was Pointe Vecchio at the time on the Superior Viaduct. Classic Cleveland spot. Yes, it was gorgeous. So we um, we had a really good dinner. It's the first time I had ever been there. And so afterwards, we walked down out to the edge over by the river, and um, he got down on one knee and proposed there. And so how long between the proposal and the actual wedding? It was a little more than a year, not quite a year and a half, a little bit more than a year between when he proposed and when we set the actual date was um, April 28th. 2007. So. so when you are going through your, your planning period, you didn't have Pinterest. I know. Such a difference from now. Let's talk about that first, because when you planned your wedding, there was no Pinterest. But since then, you've been in all these other weddings, especially as like a matron of honor and maid of honor, where you have a little bit more of a role than like a bridesmaid, I guess, technically, helping plan the shower and bachelorette parties and all that. What's been the biggest difference you've seen with the invention of Pinterest in wedding planning? I think it's great and it can be awful at the same time, right? So <laughs> there's so many times when I look at things on Pinterest or yeah, help friends planning their weddings and there's so many cool finds that you can get through there and just connecting different things together that wasn't available when I was planning my wedding. But I've had my friends tell me it also can be overwhelming. So you kind of have to learn how to weed through it and focus on certain aspects that you want to have more detailed so that you don't just go down this rabbit hole and get so overwhelmed with it. But I love looking through Pinterest. My wedding <laughs> was a long time ago and it's still so fun to look at all the different ideas. And Etsy too, that's another site that did oh, yeah. when my wedding was around and I've bought so many things off of Etsy for the other weddings that we've been in, or even like my kids have been flower girls and uh, ring pairs in some weddings. And I've, we've gotten so much stuff off of Etsy as another site too. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great one. So when you were planning your wedding, I think like most brides, the first thing that you did was try to find your venue. I know there was some drama there. So tell us the story of your venue hunt. <laughs> I mean, we looked at so many places to start with. And I think, you know, one of the first things you do is try to put together a rough guest list so that you know what size venue you want, because that can right. make a big difference in what is available and what's not. We were inviting about 150 people. So we had a general size that we were looking for. We looked, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but it feels like we looked at at least a dozen venues. So we looked at a lot and it's no longer there, but we ended up signing with Five Seasons Sports Club in Westlake. 
you could see it off of 90 as you were driving west. But it was a great venue. It was very modern. It was inside a sports club, but they had this whole banquet area that was gorgeous. Glass windows everywhere. I just fell in love with it. It was really pretty. So we signed up there and moved forward with the rest of our wedding planning. And then... Unfortunately, about 12 weeks before the wedding, they decided that they were no longer going to do events. They were just going to be a sports complex and, you know, do the rest of their business. But instead of honoring everyone who had signed a contract at that point and stopping after those people, they picked a date and just said, even everybody who's already signed up as of this date, we're no longer doing events. That is crazy. It was crazy. And it was very stressful, you know, 12 weeks before your wedding when you think everything's falling into place and there's a lot of moving pieces going on. The last thing you want to hear is your hall pulled down on you because it's one of the first things that you book is your hall. Had you sent the invites out already? So that's where our saving grace was. And that's where I feel like however many weddings were even that much closer than ours, they would have all printed their wedding invitations. We were four days away. We had oh my gosh. all planned out, all ready to go to the printer. We were about four days away from printing off invitations. So we were luckily able to put the stop on that, stop everything else, pull back. They tried to find another venue where they could send all of their weddings to that were in that like 12-week time period. But the hall that they tried to send us to held a maximum of 100 people, and we had 150. So we were kind of starting back at scratch. We ended up really lucking out and went to Carrie Serino's in North Royalton, which also is no longer there, but they were fantastic. So they had a room in the front that held about 100 people, and then they have that huge ballroom in the back that held like 300 or something massive. Massive, yeah. Right. Whereas originally, our 150 party didn't really fit into either of their options. But right. We went back to them and we're like, what would it cost us? How many people do we have to pay for? Do I have to pay for 300 to bring 150? And they were so cool about it. And they were like, 12 weeks out, we're not booking a 300-person event. I've, all of those are booked already. So right. they let us rent the ballroom and just pay for the number of guests that we had. So That's wonderful. They were so great to work with. Did you lose out on your deposit from the previous venue? Because I know that's a big worry for most couples planning is if you lose out. They did give us our deposit back. There were a lot of brides who pursued more remediation because of things like invitations and, I mean, even just suffering, time, inconvenience, like that whole Right. Side. So we did look into that as well, but the contract that we had signed meant that we had to go through arbitration for any anything we wanted to bring up and... We got a couple different opinions that all said, you're going to spend more money on arbitration than you're going to get out of this. And, and when it came down to it, we were lucky enough to find a really good secondary venue, even though it was stressful at the time. We did end up in a really good spot. So, And you didn't have a wedding planner. like You were navigating all of this kind of just on your own with Doug, right? Yeah, just a lot of Googling and, you know. <laughs> What advice would you give now for couples that might go through something like that? Because we're in a time of COVID. A lot of people had to go through things like this with their venues, with having to be quarantined. And I'm sure there's other acts of God and, you know, maybe a death in the family or like your situation where the venue decides, hey, we're not going to do events anymore. So what, what would be your biggest piece of advice? 
Yeah, I think just staying focused on, you know, the reason you're getting married is to be together and celebrate with your friends and family. And there probably always will be some sort of hiccup. Hopefully there's smaller hiccups than larger hiccups, but there are other options and other avenues. And if it doesn't happen exactly the way you planned it at first, it'll happen in a way that will be memorable and perfect for you guys in the long run. Now you've been a bridesmaid six times. Yes. Every wedding is obviously going to be different. What's your biggest takeaway with being a bridesmaid? That's a great question. Yeah, they're all so different. I mean, just getting to celebrate that moment with the couple and being like up there with them and and sharing those experiences and being able to help with anything that could make their day special for them is really fun and really exciting. So they're all different. All six of those would have their own unique answer to it. But overall, it's just getting to help them celebrate in a special way. When you were a bridesmaid, did you experience other girls in the party maybe being a diva or there being a dramatic situation that you had experienced? Nothing over dramatic. I would say with almost every wedding I've been in, there's always some people who are like, well, I... I'm not going to pay to get my hair done. I'm not going to pay to get my makeup done. Or I'm not going to go out and spend money on on drinks and stuff like that. I've seen a range of how brides react to that. So I think it can be a non-issue because some brides are so laid back and it just is like, okay. But then other times I've seen where it's like, I can't believe she wouldn't come to my bachelor party, even if you don't want to drink. <laughs> Right. Be a part of it. Yeah. So I think depending on um, how the brides take it, it can... Um, determine how dramatic of an issue that actually becomes or not. The weddings I've been in or the friends that have gotten married or family, those have been really the only things that have kind of like sparked drama. So 2018 and 2019, you had both your brothers out of state weddings. Yes. And you were my matron of honor. <laughs> so for people that have multi weddings in a year, <laughs> tell us about your experience with that <laughs> and what advice you would give them when it comes to if you have more than one <laughs> on your hands. So budget <laughs> <laughs> and just coordinating dates. So I think the biggest thing for me was just trying to keep the dates straight and seeing if anything would overlap or not, because they were all so important that I wanted to do everything and all of them. (laughs) I don't want to miss anything. And and it worked out fine and it was good. But I think a lot of just communication between what our schedules were. And I know we had a couple of those because at one point it looked like yours and my one brother were going to be very close. (laughs) But again, it all works out and they were spread out really well and it worked out okay. (laughs) So what's it like being a part of an out-of-state wedding? Because you've been a part of a few. You know, it's really fun because we turned them all into little vacations and made road trips out of them. It almost extended it in a way because it wasn't the night before you do the rehearsal, you know, and then the morning of you all the day's events. And then the morning after you might have a brunch or, you know, something like that. But for both of the out-of-town ones, we had extra days on either side where it became an even bigger event or a longer event to celebrate. And those are great memories to have. Definitely. Yeah, I love them. I can relate to being in multiple weddings because I, like you, have been in five, six. We have to shell out for the bridesmaid's dress. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I've also been a bridesmaid's consultant, so I've seen through the lenses of other bridesmaids the the pain and the joy (laughs) 
of loving or hating the dress and having to spend the money on it. (laughs) What were your takeaways when you found out the dresses you'd have to wear in the different weddings? And I won't be offended if you didn't like the one you wore in mine. (laughs) I loved it. It was purple. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have a choice? I mean, I know I gave you one, but like in other weddings, did you get an option or were you pretty much just told like, this is going to be your dress? And for my experience, that has become more of a norm as time goes on. So I think the earlier weddings I was in, it was more typical for my brides to pick one dress and all of us were in, you know, the same dresses. And I think now it's more common. So both yours and my brother Garrett and Holly, they went and picked either a couple dresses or a color. So my sister-in-law Holly said, here's the color, make it floor length, but pick any dress you want. So we could pick it to be the style that we felt more, most comfortable in. I just love the new idea that people seem to be going more towards where it's like, yeah, maybe here's the color, pick the dress that fits you best. And that's I love that. so funny. You mentioned Catan's cause that's where I had worked as a bridesmaids consultant. Nice. And I remember there's many stories, but I remember one bride in particular bridesmaid, I'm sorry, having a total meltdown on me cause she hated the dress. She hated the color. She didn't want to be measured. It was just a full blown I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I'm, <laughs> I'm like 19, 20 years old. And I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a bride melted down on me one time because we didn't have the shade of green she wanted for her bridesmaids. And it was just like, I don't know what to tell you. This is what they offer. Right. <laughs> so don't freak out if they don't have your color. <laughs> but that's a great point you make about how that has become a trend. And it's probably because people are seeing more that makes your family and friends more comfortable standing up there. Yeah, then you'll stand up there with more confidence, I think, and be comfortable. And I love that trend. Speaking of standing up there and being comfortable, being a maid of honor and matron of honor, you had to give the speech. Yes. So were you nervous giving the toast at the weddings? Yeah, that's got to be like the most nervous I've ever been for anything. For sure. And I mean, everybody has different personalities, right? But I'm so much of an introvert that speaking (laughs) in front of all of those people definitely gives me anxiety. But obviously, I was in the position where they were for my best friends and being nervous doesn't outweigh wanting to do it. So really Googling all those like videos of people like wrapping them and the different dances and all that stuff. There are so many videos out there. (laughs) I cannot believe the confidence people have to, yeah, make up rap songs to sing as speeches during weddings. It's amazing. (laughs) Now, you mentioned your kids have been flower girls and a ring bearer before. Yes. For both of my brothers, yes. For both of your brothers. And what was it like to uh, wrangle three kids (laughs) for a wedding? A nine-year-old did great (laughs) both of my brothers and sister-in-laws were great about it and they have such a good relationship with them that it was comforting to know that I think no matter what they did they were going to think it was hilarious anyway but at the first brothers they walked down the aisle and they sat with Doug in the front row at one point during that wedding Doug got up to do a reading and the older two sat really nicely but the little one wasn't having anything (laughs) to do with that so 
she ran up to me and I ended up holding her for the rest of the ceremony because before Doug even finished his reading, she fell asleep on my shoulder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the whole rest of the night, I was just holding her. <laughs> she at least wasn't screaming and wailing like you see sometimes in weddings. Yeah. So that was more like my other brothers. She didn't scream, but I was standing up there during the ceremony. And again, they were all sitting with Doug in the front. She came running up shortly after the ceremony had started and she kept running up to me. She's like, is this over with yet? Are we done yet? (laughs) You have to stop. So eventually back in the corner of the venue, there was a couch. She just ran off to the couch and started just like rolling around and playing. And so she was like away from us after a while. At the end, everybody just kept commenting how cute it was. Right. I was more stressed out about that than anybody else. I'm sure as a mom, you want to go perfect. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Did you have a similar situation with your wedding, with your flower girl and ring bear? You know, they were really good. We didn't have a ring bear, but our two nieces were our flower girls and they were very little too. They were very young. I can't remember exactly how old, but maybe like three and six. They did great. My sister-in-law's parents came and they helped out a ton with them during the ceremony and even in between like taking pictures and after the reception, they stayed for a bit and then took them home. And so I think having them there helped a lot with them. Yes. Delegate, right? Delegate. Yes. And everybody's always willing to help. You know, you just got to ask. If you could go back, would you have a event planner or coordinator? Yeah, I would definitely consider it. Having never looked into it, like I don't know the cost of what that would be. So I think I would weigh that, but I would definitely look into doing that. I think that would be very helpful. Do you think you've been able to relax and enjoy your wedding more? Yeah, especially with the venue canceling on us. If you could go back in time, what's one thing that you would do the same and one thing that you would do completely different? I would have us write personalized vows. So, you know, the pastor went through the whole ceremony and we said the I do's, but if I were to do it again, I would have us write personalized vows to read during the ceremony. Something I would do the same. There's so many things that I would do again, but they just come back to like friends and family and having fun. I love that the reception just turned into like a big dance party and everybody had a lot of fun. And I like, I would want those kinds of things replicated. Aw, I love that. That's great. You have your own side business. Yeah. Where you're making delicious bakery. You're infamous for your cake pops. And you've made some delicious bakery for weddings and showers. What has been your takeaway with doing that for other people, their special day? And do you wish you would have done something differently with your bakery at your wedding? It's been really fun to be a part of those. They're also my most stressful orders because you want to make that day very special for that person. But I was like really honored the times that I was asked to do cake balls for weddings. I've done two weddings and a couple showers. One wedding was a Hawaiian theme. So we did all of these really pretty Hawaiian flowers on top of the cake balls. And then the other wedding was a coworker of mine and she was getting married in Maine. And so she asked if we could do lobster buoy shaped cake pops as one of the desserts for the wedding. They turned out great, but 
the process to package them so that they made it to Maine outside of my uh, <laughs> out of my hands <laughs> was very tricky, but they made it. And she sent me pictures afterwards, and they looked really good with the whole all the rest of the decorations with it. So it's cool to see them, you know, like sitting beside the wedding cake as like a favor or an extra yeah. dessert, or it's a cool another touch. And they're bite sized and they're small, and you can just like pick one up and go and. Versus like a heavier dessert. So they're good sides to dessert tables. Do you wish you had more of a dessert table at your wedding? Or do you think you had like just the right amount? If we were to do it again, I would definitely do more of a dessert table. So like back when we did it, that really wasn't a thing. So we just had a cake and the hall made some cookies that were put more like family style on the tables. And we had personalized M&M's trends now that seem to be more like the dessert tables and all the different options out there. I would definitely jump on that if we were to do it again. Is there a dessert trend that you're so over and wish would just stop? (laughs) Um, I feel like I've overheard the donut walls, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I've never actually been to a wedding that has one. So in a way, I feel like I'm overhearing about it. But on the other hand, I'm like, I really want to go to a wedding that has one of those to see it. Me too. I haven't been yet either. I really want to see that. So what is your last piece of advice for brides planning their weddings? You're getting married and that's exciting. So while there's all of these little details that you can get sucked down and can maybe become overwhelming and stressful, keep thinking back to like the reason you're doing it and what is really important and what's not. At the end of the day, you're going to have an awesome wedding. You're going to be married to the person that you love and want to get married to. And that's the most important part. And what's your last piece of advice for those in a wedding party, for the bridesmaids and maiden matrons of honors? Have fun. I think any little thing you do to help really is helpful for the bride and the groom, and they appreciate what you can do to help. So just offer to help and have fun, because those memories afterwards are going to be some of your favorites. Well, thank you so much for being on, Nicole. Thanks. It was really fun. And I can't wait to hear the rest of your episodes to hear what other people have to say. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review. We'd love to know what you think of the show. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineers Eric Coltnow, Sean Rule Hoffman, and Declan Roars. Don't forget to enjoy the journey.